environmental science is all about taking increasingly closer looks at things. But the first thing, even if you're studying the soil, the first thing you'll do when you get to a particular site is stand there and look about you. We're just now trying to get students to think about where they are in the, the bigger landscape but then more importantly to actually look around and start to describe the landscape in terms of features they can see rather than in terms of things they know already. Uh, it's partly about using maps so they can get good references to give a, a description to other people of where they are. What sort of does the map tell you about our immediate vicinity? We're using a, a GPS system to try and confirm the accuracy of their map readings. Let's check where we are with your GPSs. Uh, I'll just explain how they work, so if you want to get those out, eventually you should be able to get a re grid reference. I've got 890646 as my six-figure reference with an accuracy of about six metres. And the other thing we need is an altitude. OK, so we can work out where we are from the map. We can now name this site. It's Umore. What they're doing at the moment is the initial stage in what will be um, the gathering of a whole range of skills that an environmental scientist has. There's a whole range of skills really, from very broad descriptive skills to skills to do with much more specific measurements of things. And the first day really is about the big picture, trying to describe the big picture in terms of soils, geology, landscape, climate. Okay, as we were coming across, um, Caroline said, how do we know it's limestone? Wasn't that a big assumption? But how do you know? Doing acid tests. Acid tests, so we could drop some acid on, hydrochloric acid. Hand lens, what would you expect to see under a hand lens? You'd be looking for fossils in there, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. What else would you expect to see in limestone? One other thing we could do as well, it's a fairly obvious one, it's got a blue cover on it, that ends in something sounding a bit like eology map. <laughs> it's all very well reading about things in a textbook, but to actually see things, and you can see how they've developed that some things have different causes. They might look the same, but when you get down and look at the evidence in the field, you can see more what's gone on and why it's gone on. Some areas of limestone pavement have heather growing on them. So we have plants which sort of are associated with acid peat growing on limestone. So tell me about limestone pavement. What can you see? Fissured. Fissured, so we've got cracks. Are they clints or grikes? These are sort of typical limestone features. What's causing the, the erosion to take place and when did it happen? pH of rain is 5.6 roughly. Rotting vegetation, as vegetation decomposes it releases humic acids. probably a good sort of practice to get into that when we actually sort of stop maybe one person in the group just get the GPS this and that or use your maps or both and come up with a good reference for, for where we are because that field sketch you got there has to relate to something doesn't it and it could be anywhere in the country I guess. What the students are doing at the moment is making a field sketch of the valley before us. The important thing here is that they have to use their observational skills. It may sound obvious, but it's actually quite difficult for people to really see what's actually there. We tend to have preconceptions, which makes us jump to conclusions and only put certain things into the picture. So we're trying to make people take a step back and look at it very objectively and actually draw what they can see. I try and sketch sort of the main features and then after that I make sure I put on lots of notes and then as long as I know what it means and it's got a position where it is and um, 
the location and some directional finder and a scale, I can take all the information I want from it after. So I will not really worry too much about the detail of how good your artwork is. Drawing the landscape wasn't a problem. It's identifying what everything is, um, getting the sort of technical terms right and everything. Um, and some things that you think aren't really very important, you do actually need to put down. It wouldn't have even crossed my mind to think of how old a wall was. You take things for granted. It's not supposed to be an artist's impression, but just to highlight the main features. And then they should annotate it to, with any comments on the sort of things that they're looking at and anything feelings they might have about them. For instance, there's some live limestone pavement there, so it's quite difficult to draw, so they'd add a little label there. They're also going to get in the habit of making lots of very detailed field notes about where they are, what time of day it is, what the weather conditions are, and uh, anything else that may be of relevance when they come back to look at their notes later. We've looked at what appeared to be a, um, a U-shaped valley, and then we thought it was a V-shaped valley, and then it turned out it was a bit of both, which was quite interesting, and we had to sort of um, work out how that could occur. And we're not dealing with a situation where you've got rivers of ice, what we had, there, was a, there were just big ice sheets to the north and west of here. So maybe in cold spots, it retained ice for longer. There was particular ice action that was causing, causing erosion. And the scree on top, that's kind of masking what's, what was left behind by the ice. It's not forming rapidly now. You can tell where it's formed rapidly now. Where people have been walking up and down it, you suddenly get yellow streaks. So we've also been looking at like depositional processes and erosional processes and how they affect the landscape. Why is there a stream there? Has it sunk? Why is there a stream there? Because it hasn't sunk. <laughs> so it's suggesting there's something which is stopping the water draining through into the cracks and crevices. So what possibilities have we got then for that? Changing rock formation? cover over the rock. I guess if you've got those then there's very likely to be different soils on top as well. I guess this could be quite a nice opportunity to get your, your geological maps out and see whether we can pick up any evidence of this. So what we're suggesting is that the stream sort of suddenly disappearing is an indication we're moving off an impermeable onto a permeable layer and it could either be the rock itself, it could be a drift deposit on top of the rock or a combination of both really couldn't it? We've got boulder clay over limestone. Would that explain the presence of the, the stream? Could do, couldn't it? So the boulder clay will contain clay. Are there other clues we could use to indicate some sort of change in what's underneath? Vegetation. Vegetation. I've got a few plants to actually look at in detail. This is the, the sweet vernal grass we saw earlier. Uh, sweet vernal grass is associated with soils which are sort of roughly neutral. Yeah, so we associate these with soils which are from, I don't know, maybe sort of six to seven and a half, that sort of pH. But then if we just come a few centimetres this way, we've got this one here. This is called mat grass. And that's an indicator of well-drained mineral but acidic soils. So we generally associate with this soils of I guess, what, five, maybe, or less? 5.5 down to four. So we're getting some evidence here that there is sort of a change in the nature of the soil underneath. We've got a very sort of localised pattern of hummocks, 
which seem to be getting a rather more acidic vegetation, and the hollows in between where we've got a slightly more sort of base rich vegetation. And as we sort of move further on from here, we start to get more and more of the acid vegetations. And that ties in with the idea of having a layer of till underneath, doesn't it? So you're putting together little bits of evidence, aren't you? 